tell you. So, in case you don't know, I want to introduce you to two gathering family members, husband and wife. This is Canyon, his wife, Raven. Now, Canyon heads up uh, our, our set up and tear down ministry. He, he's the one that, that uh, does all those signs. You see the A-frame signs? Yeah, he's, that's, that's him. And then Raven takes care of our ops. She's our ops coordinator and does a ton behind the scenes, scenes to make ministry happen. But more importantly, in just 30 Eight short hours, Raven will be induced and they will get to hold their baby river for the very first time. How cool is that? <laughs> parents, all, all the parents just went back to that very first moment. You remember that moment when you held your child for the first time? And, and there's folks in here maybe that aren't parents. But the truth is, we all hope to hold on to something, right? Maybe it's a, a relationship that's gone awry and you hope that that relationship would be restored. You hope to hold on to that again. Or maybe it's a, it's a prodigal son or daughter that got away and you hope to hold them again someday. Maybe it's peace. Maybe you're just hoping to hold peace this Christmas season. Or maybe, maybe it's a dream, a dream that's kind of, died or maybe it's distant and you hope to one day recapture that and to hold that dream again. We're in week two of our series we're calling Awaken the Wonder. Awaken the Wonder. And you know, I think if we're honest, a lot of times what happens is we lose the wonder because we fail to maintain hope on our way to our Hold. Today I want to talk to you about what happens before you hold that thing you hope for. Because the truth is that thing you hope for doesn't come without first maintaining our hope. Raven, talk to me about your battle of hope throughout this pregnancy. All right. Oh, it's working. <laughs> Um, for me, the battle of hope was kind of a simple one, but I think a lot of women go through it. We were lucky and fortunate to get pregnant right away when we were trying, but I didn't want to believe it. Hmm. It's, you know, several pregnancy tests later and in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking it's not real yet because so many women go through miscarriages and they happen really often and early and we don't talk about it enough, but I've known at least six women who've gone through miscarriage. So I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to have hope that it would last. And it took the joy of other people around me in my life for what was coming for me to slowly start to hope and believe mm. that this would maintain, that this would be real. Wow. And now she is. Mm. I, yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that, can't we? Like that, almost like a, a fear of hoping in something only to be let down, only to have those hopes dashed. And see, this is when we have to fight for hope. Because the enemy, the liar, the deceiver, he will try to rip you off and he'll do it 
in the gestation period. He'll do it in the, in the metamorphosis. He'll do it in the, in the developmental process because if he can eradicate your dream, then you'll never get the hold. You'll never hold on to that thing you hope for. Today we're gonna get into God's word and we're gonna talk about the hope before you hold. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got a hope before you hold. Yes, before you get to whole river, you got to deal with morning sickness and you got to hope all the way through all that. You got to deal with midnight cravings for chocolate chip cookie dough and pickles. I don't know, did you have that? Okay. Did somebody have that? Something like that. Yes, okay, thank you, you're with me. Right, you have to, you have to maintain hope before you hold. Let's give him a hand, give him a round of applause. Love you guys, love you. That's awesome. We're gonna look at, uh, at a guy named Simeon. If, if you got your Bible, Luke chapter two, if not, we'll have it up on the screen. Luke chapter two, a guy named Simeon who had to literally hold on to hope for years so that he could hold the thing he hoped for. You know what the thing he hoped to hold was? Literally, baby Jesus. Luke chapter two, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's Jesus, that's the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was custom of the law, what the law required, and that would be, comes from Leviticus 12, that would be dedicate the child 40 days after his birth. Verse 28, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Remember, not everyone wanted the Messiah. Not everyone believed in the Messiah. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He's talking to Mary. Lord, I thank you that we would hold on to hope. God, there's people in this place and they're watching online that are struggling with hope. And you see them. You feel their hurt. You know the struggles they walk through. Lord, I'm mindful of the woman I spoke with who's crying and prayed for this, this morning on the way into church, God. She's not alone. There's other people who feel hopeless at times and I just pray that your Holy Spirit would wrap your arms around those people, whether here in the building or watching online. God, let them know that there is, they will hold on to that thing they hope for. But until then, God, teach us how to hope before we hold, in Jesus' name, amen. By show of hands, how many have said the phrase, I hope to? <laughs> Pretty much all of us, I hope to. Um, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, I hoped to be in the NBA, it didn't work out. Um, 
and now I'm actually kind of glad. That's a whole nother note. Um, but I hope to, you know, uh, graduate summa cum laude. I hope, uh, you know, to uh, move out of my parents' basement. And some of you are hoping the kids move out the basement, right? I hope to, but Simeon, his hope too is I hope to hold Jesus. And we all are, are accustomed with that frame, the, the, the phrase, I hope to. But I want to change your thinking. Or let me say, I want to enlarge our thinking today. Because your hope to, that thing you want to hold, your to is made possible by your through. We need to learn to hope through it. And your it looks different. But you ain't going to get to hold that thing you hope for if you can't hope through it. You got to hope through it. You got to hope through it. That's what Simeon, according to tradition, now we don't know this for sure, but the tradition holds that he was 113 years old when he held baby Jesus. Do you know how much crap he had to go through to get to that point? How many people said, you're never going to hold him. Ain't going to happen. It's hopium. Right? <laughs> You're awake today. All right. Woo! And, and, and why is it so hard for us to hope through? Because, I mean, I, I can say hope through it all I want, but the reality is we got to go home and live it out. Why is it so hard to hope through it? I think the answer is because we live in a world of unmet expectations. Anybody have an unmet expectation that occurred this week? I do. I have it every week. I got, I got evidence of, of unmet expectations right here. My kids, I, I live in a house of thieves. <laughs> a den of thieves. It's true. You know how many protein shakers I've been through? And so finally I got a less attractive one that I thought that they wouldn't like. And I'm going I'm to, at risk of you not thinking your pastor has a heart for for, for his children. I'm going to show you a text that I sent to Team Lipinski. Go ahead and put that up. Just bought this as someone lost my last Yeti. Under no circumstances is anyone allowed to use this in the family. If you do, you will lose your phone for three days with no questions asked. Repeat, do not use this. Thanks. <laughs> I, I've gone through so many of these. Oh, I got more. Hang on. Here's another unmet expectation. Bottle of the hairspray, okay? I do use hairspray once in a while, not very often. But when I use it, I like to know where I left it. You know, I like to know that it's right there where I left it. And they start, they pilfer my spray. And so what I do is, is where's the camera at? You got a camera on this thing? Is this where you're at? Oh, right there. Can you see that? Can you zoom in on that? If you can't, if in case you can't, it's kind of dark. It says D-A-D. I literally have to write my name on my hairspray. On the bottom. So when they steal it, I can hold them accountable for their theft. This is a thing to lock my fridge. Because there's some food that I don't want my kids eating. It's my house, Gus. I pay the bills. And so I lock that puppy right up. And last but not least, Levi steals my deodorant. And with the price of inflation and everything, this stuff gets really expensive. And so you know what I do? I lock it up in my gun safe. That's what I do. 
we live in a world of unmet expectations. And so it's hard to hope through stuff when you're constantly being let down. Oh, you've heard me say it before. Expectations are future disappointments planned in advance. Except, and here's the exception. Except when it comes to biblical hope. The word in the New Testament most often used for hope in the Bible is, is a Greek word, el peace. Say that with me, el peace. El peace. That's, uh, it's not a feeling. It's not optimism. It's biblical hope. It means expectation of what is sure. And that's hard for us to fathom. It's hard for us to calculate. It's hard for us to comprehend. Why? Because what is sure in this world? Your retirement, is that sure? How about the economy? How about our confidence in governmental institutions? Is that sure? I don't know what I'm which, what, in 1990, I was so sure of two guys. I believed in them. Name was Rob and Fab. Rob and Fab. Also known as Millie Vanilli. I mean, their first hit was, girl, you know it's true. Girl, it ain't true. Because they were a bunch of phonies. In case you're old and don't know what happened, or you actually maybe young and don't know what happened, probably, they were lip singing the whole time. It was, they were really singing. We get let down all the time. And so I think some of us, if we're honest, we struggle with hope. And here's the hard thing. We know that that hope is sure. We believe that it's sure, and yet we struggle with it. Why? How can we struggle with something we truly know is, is sure. Friends, your ability to hope through is determined by what you hold to. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Your ability to hope through is determined by what you hold to. A lot of us, we're holding on to things that aren't bringing us hope. We were watching, uh, me and the, the, the family were, well, actually me and and the girls. I don't think I could get my boys to watch it if I, I, I paid them $500. But we were watching uh, Noel Diaries. The Noel Diaries. I mean, he's, he, it's, the one, it's, it's the one with Kevin from This Is Us, right? Oh, now the lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, don't, no, no, I didn't know it was called that, but I know Kevin, yeah. <laughs> I know him. Uh, so we were watching that, and, 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 and we actually haven't even made it through the whole movie because I, I stopped it and put on something where a bunch of people are getting shot and stuff. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but we were watching a movie and I, and I, I asked Cindy, I said, well, what, what do you think is the, is the big catch? And you know what she said? It brings people hope. And while that's kind of cool, you know, it's also kind of sad if that's what we're holding to for our hope fix. I think a lot of us are hurt by God, maybe by a church or maybe by a person who claimed to be a Christian who really wasn't much of a Christian, but then again, we all have our days. And, and, and I think what happens is we released our hope. We released that thing that was in our hand. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Do you believe that? Will you hold to it? Will you hold through it? Because what you hold to determines our hope through it. And I think we have a lot of swerving Christians. Can we be honest? 
I mean, we look around and we have so many people who are so worried about everything that's going on. And listen, I know a lot of stuff's going on. I know that stinks and I'm not happy about it either. But don't you know that the gospel, the best time to, to, to share the gospel is when people realize they need it the most? And when all hell's breaking loose around you, people are like, well, I need something that is sure, something that is certain. And, and, and everyone's so preoccupied with, is this the end? Is this the end, Pastor John? Is this end? We're living in the end times. Well, what did, what, did, what did Jesus say in Matthew 24? He said to be ready, but he didn't say to be worried. Amen? After all, Dale Carnegie says, remember, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Let that sink in for a second. Today, it's the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. We got a lot of swerving Christians, and God wants us to hold, hold fast to the hope that is in us. I think we got a lot of swerving churches. Yeah, don't we? We had a lot of swerve. And I went, I went and interviewed at a church a while back before I planted this church. And, and, and it was a great church, big church. And, and uh, I was going to preach three times. And they said, okay, the only thing, Pastor John, is we ask that, uh, you know, we're, we're very seeker friendly here. And we ask that you don't give an invitation at the end of your message. Are you okay with that? I said, hell no. <laughs> I did. I was telling hell no. And you know what? I preached my heart out and, and gave an invitation. To the, and 79 people accepted Christ that day. 79 people. And it, it wasn't that the message was so profound or so great. It's that I presented the gospel and, and the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit wants. Romans 10, 14. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them that someone ain't just me? It's you. It's you. And, and for you to be able to tell them you got to hold on through it or the enemy will snuff it out and you'll never be able to tell anybody. we got to hold unswervingly. I need a volunteer. Um, I need a volunteer. Anybody in the construction business? Construction. Anybody in the construction business? Jay. All right. All right. Come on up here. We got the best looking guy in church. Come on up here. All right. Come on. Big Jay. All right, so uh, Jay, oh, that's a real, that's a slow walk. <laughs> Been a long week. Been a long week? All right, and Jay also gets here at five in the morning to help set up, not so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He, he's so humble. He's like, not this morning. I miss it this morning. God still loves you, brother, okay? So, so s stand on one foot with those nice boots. A man to still wear boots, huh? You stand on one foot, you're a pushover. Now stand on two feet, you are. Okay, good. He's not a pushover, but he's pushable. That's not a word. I just made it up. Now, now give me one more point of contact. You two, you two, there, there you go. Do you play football? Really? Your son does, Aiden. He's good. All right, all right. So now... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See? See the difference? It, one leg, he was, he was a pushover. Two, he was pushable. Now he's planted. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Here's what I'm trying to say. God wants you and me and the church. He wants all of us to have, like in the industry, you teach your guys this, I'm sure, three points of contact. There it was. Three points of contact. It's true 
into the construction business with all, he's a foreman, all the people that he leads. Hey guys, three points of contact. And it's, it's true in Christianity. Many of us, we have one point of contact. We need to have three points of contact. Here's what I want you, come here. Let's do, uh, nah, you can go. Cause you know, everyone's gonna be looking at you. You're too good looking, go, go sit down. <laughs> Give him a hand. So, so what's, what's, what's the first point of contact? Jesus, right? Jesus, that's one leg. The purest form of Jesus is Jesus. If you're relying on your Jesus fix through me, to some degree, it's, you'll be disappointed. If your soul, Jesus fix, soul. Now, you can get Jesus through me, but... Your first and foremost way to get Jesus is through Jesus, your time alone with God, right? We need, to, we need that point of contact. We need to get our, our fix of Jesus through Jesus. And, and that's what Simeon did. He holds baby Jesus and he says, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. Imagine being so satisfied, so fulfilled, so content that you're like, take me home. Wow. That's freedom. All of a sudden, you don't need that trip to Italy or that hot air balloon ride or that 64 Chevelle convertible with the LS3. Would be nice. But you don't need it because you got everything you need in the person of Jesus. That's how Simeon was. Take me home. I held him. I love it. Andy Dufresne in in the Shawshank Redemption. Remember that after he was in the in the hole for two weeks for listening, for playing the music over the loudspeaker. He came out of the hole and he, and he was like, they're just talking about how, how, how he loved music and, he, and they're like, oh, the, you take the record player down there? He's like, no, it's in here. It's in here. There's, there's a place they can't take from me. There's something in there that they can't steal. And that's the same way. When you're close with Jesus, when you're so satisfied, when you're so fulfilled with him, all hell can be breaking loose in your life and you're centered, you're strong, you're firm. Why? Because you're planted. And the point of contact known as Jesus Christ. Number one, point of contact is Jesus. Number two, second leg is the church. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for me in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory for your people Israel. Where did he see the light? Where? In the temple, in church. God could have led Jesus anywhere and allowed him to experience that fulfillment anywhere. But you know where he chose? He chose the church because some things happen in church and they aren't going to happen anywhere else. That's God's plan. Friends, church isn't just an event you show up at. It's a family you belong to. Amen? Yeah. It's a family you're a part of. It's a a living, breathing family mechanism. It's the church. It brings hope. It brings life. It brings vitality. And if you're watching online and you physically can be here, you're missing out. And I understand there's people who can't be here for, for maybe medical reasons or because geographically they're distanced. But for those who can, get to church. There's something that happens in the temple. There's something that happens amongst the family. And I think a lot of us, we kind of, we kind of do this in church. We kind of give God a little bit we got like one foot in, and God says, 
I want full custody of my children. I don't just want weekend visits. Ooh, come on. Someone say amen. Sometimes amen doesn't mean you like it. Sometimes amen means we need it. Because that's what happens when we preach the word of God. Sometimes it, it, it strikes to our bone and our marrow and it cuts us. But maybe sometimes we need that. And maybe you have a pastor who loves you enough to not just preach the fun stuff, the fluffy stuff, the, the how great you are stuff. But maybe there's something more. Maybe there's a part of you that you've reserved. It's got like a, a little off limits sign. Like stay out of here, God. You can have everything else, God. But this little piece of me, I'm holding back because I'm scared. I'm scared to hope. I'm scared to surrender that piece of me. And we put a no trespassing sign on that little portion of our soul. God says, I want all of you. He says, plant in me and plant in the church. And your third point of contact would be small group. Your small group. Check this out, verse 35. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. He's talking to Mary. He's talking about the cross. Fast forward to the cross. Joseph's dead. We believe he was, at that time he was dead. And Mary's other sons, they weren't there. Why? Because we know from John chapter 7, verse 5, that they didn't believe. Jesus' own brothers, Mary's sons, didn't believe in Jesus till after the resurrection. Ooh. So there Mary is, staring at her beloved son, blood dripping down broken, all alone. She wasn't all alone. You know who was with her? Her small group. Mary Magdalene, Mary of Clopas, probably her sister-in-law, and John, the, the beloved, just to name a few. And there, there, Jesus is on the cross, and he looks out at Mary. He says, when he saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that's John, he said to her, woman, and you have to understand that in that culture, that, that was in a term of endearment. It wasn't a derogatory term like woman, not like, not like you think. And why did he call her woman? Because he's transitioning from son to her savior. So he says, woman, here is your son. And he points to John. And the disciple Here's your mother. Points to Mary. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. John took care of her. And contrary to what the Catholic Church preaches, there's no record in the Bible of Mary ever seeing Jesus again. You won't find it in the Bible. You know, you know what Mary's curtain called? The last time we hear about Mary in the Bible, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. You know what she was doing? Anybody know? She was gathered in the upper room with her small group. That's the last thing we hear about her. And, and it begs the question, in your time of piercing, because you will be pierced, that's part of being a Christian, that's part of life. In your time of piercing, at your cross, I want to ask you, I'm dying to know, who's there for you? Who's your... Mary that's there? Who's your John that's there? Who's there in your time of need? Friends, this, this week, one of our dear team members 
had to say goodbye to her dad. You know what she did? She called Cindy and I in her time of need. You know what Cindy and I did? We did the same thing that she would have done for us because we're in a small group together, a part of our small group. We stopped what we were doing. We went to Black Rock and we met and we had coffee. We cried together. And I told her what I was gonna be preaching about this week. And I said, you will hold your daddy again. You will hold him again. And tears streaming down her face. I just transferred some hope into her account. I didn't do anything special. I did the same thing she would have done for us. Who's there? We, gotta, we, we have to have three points of contact so that we're planted and so that we can maintain hope through it. Amen? And the other thing I want to point out from Scripture today is, is we, we need to learn to take, and it's going to sound funny, but we need to learn to take a hope hop. We talk about always having a leap of faith. I want to have a leap of faith. What about a hop of hope? Isn't that what happened here in Scripture? Look at verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he, Simeon, went into the temple courts. He had to mobilize his hope because that's where his hope was going to be most nurtured. That's where he was going to see the fruition of his hope in his hold. He had to take a hope hop, and God wants us to do the very same thing, to mobilize our hope, to to hop to the place that he leads us, knowing that's where we're going to be nurtured. What does that mean for your life? I don't know. Maybe you move your your hope to the right place. Maybe you you move it from, from Fox News to the good news, from Instagram to the son of man, or here's one for you, from Def Leppard to the Good Shepherd. Pour some Jesus on me. And the funny thing is, I, I, I listen to country. And if you listen to country for too long without listening to worship music, what happens? You get sad. But the good news with country is if you play it backwards, you get your wife, your dog, and your truck back. Oh, man. We gotta take a hope hop. Uh, the, the hope hop wasn't just about. See, in this, we read, we read scriptures. I, I want to teach this church to be students of the word and to read deeper, look deeper, ask good questions because there's more to the story. We think it's, we think the hope hop is all about Simeon experiencing the hope of Jesus, and that's only part of the story. You, did you catch what's going on here? So, so they come, they come into the temple. And what does Simeon say? He says, salvation, light, revelation to the Gentiles. And then the Bible says, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. That word marveled comes from a Greek word that also means astonished. Why would they marvel? Why would they be astonished? After all, in Luke chapter 1, what happened? Mary got the tea. They spilled the tea. Remember the angel shows up and told her what was going to happen? Or in Matthew 1, it was confirmed in a dream to Joseph. Or how about Matthew chapter 2, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2, when the shepherds just 40 days earlier showed up and were like, woohoo, baby Jesus! So why would they marvel? Why would they be astonished if they already knew that just 40 days earlier? Why? Because time 
erodes hope. Just because you know something in one season of your life doesn't mean you're going to hold on to it in another season without maintaining hope. And here's the thing. God sends us on a little hoppy, hoppy mission. Hop, hop, hop. He says, hop into the temple and you're going to experience hope. But your hope, Simeon, isn't just about you. It's about a teenage couple. I mean, we think there were 15. A teenage couple in way over their heads. They might have just gotten a fight in the parking lot. Can you relate? And what happened? This guy named Simeon, 113 years old, about ready to die, breathed life, breathed hope into them. All because he hopped to the place God told him to hop to. Friends, last week we, we took a, a bit of a hope hop, didn't we? I challenge you. I said we need to raise $42,000 so that we could bring the temple. The funny thing is he told, he told Simeon to bring hope into the temple. God's telling us to bring the temple to the people and bring hope to them. But to do that, it, it, it's, it costs a lot of money to, to, to do all this and the, the way we want to love these people and we want it to be free for them. It's not free for us. And I ask you to take a, a hop of hope. And man, I'm so proud of you. This, this church, I'm so proud of your response. I asked for $42,000. Unfortunately, we only raised 68131 <laughs> Come on. Come on. Woo! So proud of you, church. And... And the thing is, so a couple things, like with the inflation, it may not be that much, but it's going to be a little closer to that number because 42000 is what we budgeted, you know, eight months ago in our budget. And so, like, we really kind of needed more, but, like, I'm like, God, I'm just trusting you. This is what, this is what we budgeted. And, and so you showed up. And whatever's extra is going to be used for the one. It's, it's going to be used for ministry. It's not like it, it's going to stay there and be used to reach the next one on the next thing we do. And so if you haven't given to that, I don't want to rob you of your blessing. You can still give to it. You can still give to that. But I'm so proud of you. You took a hop of hope in a real tangible way, in a way that cost you and I something. We did that, church, and I'm so proud of all of us for that. This week's hop of hope, you ready? I got another one for you. Uh Uh-oh. It's to serve. It's to serve and be a part of that special event. Pastor Michael is going to come out. I don't trust myself explaining all the details. He's an ops guy. I'm not. I can cast vision, but I'll mess the details up. So go ahead, Michael. Oh, thank you. Well, in just a few moments, Pastor John is going to ask each and every one of us to take our phones out, uh, and we're going to put a QR code up on the screen. And when you scan that QR code, it's going to take you to a form that uh, you're going to see a lot of different opportunities to serve. Uh, Some are starting now. We've got teams that are putting together uh, communion packets and candles for the candlelight moment at the uh, park. We uh, have a special teardown next Sunday. We're going to come back on Monday the 19th. This LED wall that you see behind me, that's got to get torn down because it's going to the park, y'all. And so we've got a lot of different opportunities and you'll see a big list. Uh, And just check as many boxes as, as you can. 
as many different opportunities that, that you can commit to, we would ask you to do that. And um, husbands and wives, we, we would ask, fill out two different forms. It'll just keep it easy on us. <laughs> uh, don't, don't put your, your, yourselves together on that. But, um, you know, we're going to go out to the park on the 21st, Wednesday, the 21st. We're going to go out there at 8 a.m. The production team is going to get there. We've got 125 feet of trailer that needs unloaded. So if you are young and strong, if you've been to the gym this year, you need to be at the park. Uh, but no, I'm joking. But in all seriousness, we've got a lot of work that needs to be done. We're going to be there at 8 a.m. to start setting up the, the staging. And, the, and I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And we don't pay people to come and do that. We do it ourselves. And then we've got another team that's going to come out at noon on the 21st to decorate the park and to set up our hospitality for our, our free hot cocoa and coffee and cookies. There's tons of different ways. And then, of course, the 22nd, the 23rd, and the 24th, Man, we need you to come out and just love on people. We need you to be the hope of Jesus for somebody. There's gonna be a single mom or somebody with depression or somebody with addiction who just needs to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. They need to see that light through you and through me, that light of Jesus Christ. And so sign up to come out and serve and just love on the people that God is gonna send us. And then we're gonna leave it set up all the way until January 1st and we're coming back and we're gonna do a worship night in the park. What a way to ring in the new year, am I right? Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. A worship night in the park on the 1st of January. And uh, so we need volunteers for that as well. You can check that box if you're available. And then don't forget, we gotta tear all this down and get ready for the next weekend as well. So on the 2nd of January, you can sign up for that. So in just a moment, Pastor John, we're gonna put that QR code up there and we would just ask you to sign up where you can and be ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus this Christmas season. Amen, amen, thank you, Pastor Michael. We're gonna, we're gonna give you that opportunity in just a second, but I wanna read one last verse. Uh, verse 25, he was waiting, that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He, Simeon, was waiting for Jesus. You know what the consolation means? It means comfort or encouragement. And I want, I want you to personalize that for the one. The one was waiting, is waiting for hope. That's what God's saying. There's one that is waiting for hope. You've, you've resourced the event. <laughs> it's not an event. You've resourced hope financially. Now I want you to resource it tangibly. How does God use, how does God disseminate hope? through broken people like you and me. Imperfect vessels is his top choice for disseminating the hope that people need. Friends, we're gonna sing about an army that's rising up. And I literally right now want through the power of the spirit you to physically rise up, rise up, rise up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. There's an army rising up. And it's an army that this world doesn't know. It's an army like no other army. It's an army of hope, sent to awaken people who need hope, S sent to, to, to remind people that one day they, were, they will hold the thing they hope for. But until then, we remind them to hope before they hold. I invite you to take out your phone and to hereby enlist in that army, that army of hope, and make a difference for the one.
we just thank you. We thank you that we get to be the army to go out and to provide the hope of Jesus, your hope to a lost and a dying world. God, we thank you for this opportunity and we pray for changed lives. We pray for the one, we pray for the one who needs to come and who needs to hear the hope of the message of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. Friends, thank you so much for being here today. I want you to know we've got our prayer partners and pastors and elders down front. If you've never made the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't leave this place without coming down and and being led in a prayer by one of our prayer partners. Come on down front. We can lead you in that prayer. As you leave today, you're going to get handed some invite cards. Take those to the place where you work. Invite your friends and family. And hey, if you checked the box today and said, I can deliver some flyers to my neighborhood out on our patio, we've got some flyers out there for you to pick up as well. And uh, friends, we'll see you next week right back here at the Vista Center for the Arts. Have a blessed week.